Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 154, recorded live on Friday, May 21st, 2010. And here are your hosts, the man who's most likely not going to think the rest of this intro is funny, Dave Pillay. Mm. And the man who took a break from working on his brakes while he was taking a break from work, Andy Lowe. Hi. <laughs> that actually is kind of cute. <laughs> He took a break from working on the break while I was taking a break from work. A break from the break break? No. This is... Yes. Yes. It is a break from the break break, which I think is actually slightly more clever than a break from the break from work. Or the break from working on the breaks from during the break from work. <laughs> the break from the break break sounds better. But that makes it sound like this is a break break. No. Yes. This it's- is the break from the break break. But this itself is a break break. How is this a break break? Because I'm taking a break from working on the brakes. Yes, which in itself was a break. So this is the break from the break break. I suppose if you want, you could just call this the break break break. <laughs> oh. The real question is what happens when you take a break from this? But we aren't going to get into that. No, we can't take a break. We, we must... just started. Yeah. And we record live. Holy storm, Batman. Bad weather? Yeah, which is why I took a break from the breaks, because the weather was going to force me to take a break anyway. Ah. What does the weather look like? Um, I haven't even looked at the map recently. It's red. It's red. Which is never a good color to see right it above It is you. red. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's Thankfully, a- it's red on that. Well, I guess, thankfully for me, not necessarily for you. You, you know, yeah, the way it's traveling, you might get some red, but not as much as I'm literally sitting in a sea of red. I'm in the Red Sea. You are not in the Red Sea. No. But I see, like, my little crosshair of where I'm at, and it's covered in red. Red. With a lot of orange behind it. Click radar to enlarge. Wow. That is a lot of red. Yep. How- Toledo is going to get creamed. Oh, man, I didn't see the regional radar. Jeez. Chicago yeah. is going to be toast. Looks like I might actually miss your storm. I'm going to get hit by the... Oh, I don't know. And that that cell is growing huge. Yeah, but it's not going to hit you. Unlike me, which it's going to run you're, over me. You're kind of in dead center of it. Mm-hmm. So this is what happens when you make plans. You're like, oh, hey, great, I got time. I can work on the brakes. So I don't have to worry about my car. And then it rains. <laughs> which would be fine if I was in, like, a garage. But I'm not. Yep. So I am forced to live by Mother Nature's whim. Wow, that is a pretty significant little storm. So, Dave, um, if we lose power, I apologize. It's not my fault. Yeah, 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 I know. Unlike that one time when it was my fault. <laughs> but you weren't here for that. The one time? <laughs> yeah. Um, I was trying to use an old uh, power supply. And one of the capacitors blew and then shorted out the system, and so it blew our circuit breaker. Very nice. That, so that's one I caused myself. Okay. That is it's a very large storm cell and kind of scary. 
Why did I have to look at the weather? <laughs> because I said there was a storm going on. You had to just see for yourself. What yeah, it take? well, especially because I was looking at it from Detroit's radar, which is, uh, you know, it's big, and it caught some of the storm. But now I'm looking at it from Grand Rapids radar, yeah, which makes the storm look much, much bigger. <laughs> Try dropping south to the one around Chicago. Chicago's radar. Doesn't Chicago have a radar, is it? Chicago has several. Yeah. Yeah, no, it looks bigger from Grand Rapids. Mm. You see more of the storm. Although if you do the one in uh, near South Bend, you see basically the storm in its entirety. Ah. And it's huge. Oh, the one that's over by Fort Wayne. Okay, yeah. Good times. Okay, so let's get through this before Andy loses power. <laughs> that would be... But Dave, we can't hurry through this because it must be an hour long. Uh, filler? Like, like what? I have no idea. We could, we could just do the uh, the girl from Ipanema sort of technical difficulties sort of. <laughs> Except we can't really put up one of those technical difficulty signs because it's audio. Hmm. I will have to think about this. Hey, if we, we could just put up the girl from Ipanema. <laughs> <sighs> but if I go down, most likely I won't be as down as long as Pirate Bay was. Pirate Bay was down? Yes. I don't use Pirate Bay, so I don't know. You don't use What do you use? I have Demonoid. Oh. Well, some stuff I can find on Pirate Bay faster than Demonoid. Yes, but Demonoid is far more reliable. Mm. Eh. So tell me about the Pirate Bay going down. Um, there was an injunction obtained by the movie studios against Pirate Bay's bandwidth provider, and it the bandwidth provider, the uh, CB3 Rob Limited and Company, took uh, the site offline while it uh, looked at the injunction to try and figure out exactly what was going on. Okay. So Pirate Bay was actually offline for a bit. So illegal file sharing site goes down again. Yes. Expect it to come up in the next couple of days. Well, it it, are, it was up in a few hours. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because after the last time they got taken down, they basically put in, I guess, scripts to run through when they get taken down so they can come back up quickly. You know, that's really bad when you know that your site is going to be targeted to the point of where you write scripts to help you bring the site back up faster. Not only that, though, but their backup, the servers are in some undisclosed location where nobody knows exactly where they are, so nobody can actually do a raid on the servers like they did the one time. Oh, God. But the, uh, who, do you know who's running their uh, bandwidth? Who? The Pirate Party. In Britain? In, in Sweden. The Swedish in Pirate Sweden. Party. Oh, that's right. It's the, the Swedish Pirate. Yeah. That's kind of funny. So, uh, the, basically, the Pirate Bay decide, or the Pirate Party Decided, decided to, to host Pirate Bay. Yeah, to demonstrate that we put our money where our mouth is. Good for them. <laughs> so the Pirate Party will provide the bandwidth to the homepage and search engine of the Pirate Bay. So, wow. Yeah, the uh, Pirate Bay is back up wow. again. <laughs> and I love how they put their um, they put a lolcat up as their little sign to say, "Hey, we're back again." It's, I don't think it's, it's... Yeah, it's back to the ship now, but it was a lolcat saying... It I'm was in, a lolcat. Yeah. I'm in your Skynets, lowing away at your futile attempts at controlling our internets. Nice. Oh, lolcats. Oh, Pirate Bay. <laughs> oh, Pirate Bay. You're down, you're up, you're down, you're up. All the while going na 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 boo boo Yeah, just about. 
All right. So the, I'm I'm not terribly surprised. Actually, I am surprised that they managed to get it back up so fast. But you know, they gotta be used to that at this point. Yeah. So what else do we have? Caffeine might actually be good for you. Really? In the fact that it may slow Alzheimer's and you know restore. What else is good for you, Andy? What? Because it it kills cancer. What? Cyanide. Well, yes, because it, <laughs> cyanide basically kills everything. Yeah. It, I mean, you you can't. Uh, all right, tell me about the study and what this is. Journal of Alzheimer's Disease, which is not the Journal of Medicine, but okay. But the uh, the therapeutic opportunities for caffeine in Alzheimer's disease and other neurodegenerative diseases uh, from the study said that caffeine may be protective in against the decline in cognitive features like dementia and Alzheimer's. So you might actually. I don't know if you guys can hear this or not. I'm doing the equivalent of a head desk. Why? Because it, I... Yes, it is certainly possible. I don't see this as being likely. The animal studies showed that chronic caffeine administration prevented memory deterioration and neurodegeneration in animals modeling of aging and of Alzheimer's disease. Okay. So caffeine may be good for you up to it's a also- point bad for i mean like okay so their their memory improved what did their hearts do i don't know this this was not a study of caffeine on the heart this is a study of caffeine on the brain right well but there's my point is you know if you study cyanide on cancer it's a cure Hmm. you're just not happy with this are you not particularly. You don't want another reason to take caffeine? I'm trying to break myself of caffeine. It's such a terrible, addictive substance. But it's... I was going to say it's such a delicious substance, but you don't really taste it. No, you don't. It's such a a strange substance. It comes in such delicious packets, though. <laughs> it's found in many delicious things, like chocolate. Yes. Oh, the caffeine and chocolate is negligible. I know, but it's still there. Yes, but it's nothing. I mean, you probably get as much caffeine eating duck. Supposedly, the the caffeine. I have to remember this. We went to a science little sort of science thing the other day. I forgot I got it exactly why it was what it was called. But supposedly, the caffeine that's in tea and the caffeine that's in coffee come from two different sources, mm-hmm. which is so weird because it, they seem so similar, but the caffeine is completely different. Right. Well, I mean, the caffeine from. Well, I don't know if it's technically caffeine. I was thinking like the difference between guarana and taurine, neither of which are actually caffeine, but they both have the same effect. They just sound disgusting. Well, guarana doesn't sound disgusting. It sounds like a fruit. It sounds like guana. Guana is not what you're thinking of, Andy. Andy, you're thinking of guano. Okay. So it sounds like guana, which sounds like guano. It still sounds like poo. <laughs> And taurine sounds sounds like it's bull urine or something. Because it is. I thought it wasn't bull urine. Uh, I don't remember. Let's look it up. (laughs) Taurine. I thought that was the joke that it was... Is an organic acid and major constituent of bile can be found in the lower intestines and in small amounts of tissue of many animals. Oops. (laughs) I tried to search for taurine. I searched for taurin. No. Hi, wow. Taurine is named after the Latin taurus, which means bull or ox, as it was first isolated from ox bile by German scientists. Mm. What is What is it? Has not been proven to be energy-giving, despite being present in many energy foods. 
Well, that's good. Oh, oh yeah, it's got taurine in it. Well, that doesn't do anything. Huh? <laughs> so what's this but Google? It's got six grams of taurine. Since you were paying attention to more of this, what what is this Google TV? Google TV is. Uh, uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this. Apple came out with Apple TV years ago. Yes. And it was Apple's We Want to Dominate the Living Room. Yes. And it was basically a small computer that plugged into your television and you could stream iTunes to it and it had limited internet connection. Yes. And Apple let it flounder. Like they they stopped working with it. They didn't really provide much support for it and they never really kept up with it. Okay. Google TV is Google going in and saying, you did this wrong and you mishandled this and now you've lost your chance because now we're coming in with third-party support and, well, I guess, kind of second-party support too and and we're going to have an open set and you're fucked. <laughs> uh, Google TV is the idea of taking your television and your computer and seamlessly integrating them. Like Apple TV was supposed to do. Right, but Apple TV wasn't seamless. Apple TV had, here's your TV part, here's your computer part. This Google turn- TV is supposed to be, there's no difference. So it's basically, it gives your TV, with the hardware that's in there, it gives your TV internet access. But it does more than that, because it also hooks up to your home network. Okay. And it, so one of the examples that they give is is channels and channel surfing, and if... You turn on the TV and you want to find a show. Let's say, I don't know, Top Gear, right? Mondays at 8 on uh, BBC America. Okay, if I want to find Top Gear. (laughs) Mondays at 8 on BBC America. I could call Andy. Or I could, you know, what I do now is I'd go TV Guide and search through the guide and be like, uh, there it is. Okay. Well, that's an antiquated method. We have better ways of doing this now, like typing in the word Top Gear words, and boom, out come the search results. And one of the results is, here's when the show is. Would you like to record it? Would you like to watch it? Here's other results for Top Gear. Here's the Top Gear website. If you like Top Gear, you might like shows like Fifth Gear. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Fifth Gear is. Fifth Gear was basically what Top Gear was originally back when it was a half-hour program. Ah. So, yeah. Which is coming back in June, I think, and Top Gear's coming back in July. Ooh. Sorry. Uh, It it has Netflix integration. It has Hulu integration. It has, you know, any sort of of, uh, Flash or HTML5 videos. You'll be able to watch them on your TV. It is an Android-powered device, so it will run Android applications. I'm going to let that one sink in. An app store for my TV? Yep. But most of the apps on my in the app store are not going to do anything on my TV. Well, depends which apps you get, Andy. Like my Pandora app, to use an example again from the conference, that would be pretty nice on my TV. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just watching clips of the Bolivian special of Top Gear. Andy! <laughs> Sorry, they were driving on the most dangerous road. Andy! <laughs> I, I'm closing it. So what's the timeline of this? Or is there uh, one? There actually is. They, they've published a timeline of this. And I'm I'm still, like, as I said, trying to really wrap my head around this. This just seems so over the top of what Google is used to doing and what, what they generally do. And a lot of, of, of the uh, tech blogs are out there saying that this is Google finally kind of doing what Apple used to do. 
where Apple would come out and set the tone and say, this is how we're doing it. And everyone else needs to get in line behind it because this is going to be a success. Google is doing that with TV now. Which is good to know because, was it 4 billion more people have access to a television screen than a broadband signal? So there's a lot of people that Google... Well, you'd need both for this. You're right, that is true. Huh. That wouldn't really... Hmm. <laughs> so... Alright, let me see if I can pull up the timeline. Uh, it has, as I said, a lot of extra support. In addition to being an Android device, uh, it is... Sony is building it into future televisions and Blu-ray players. LG is part of it, and they're going to provide a set-top box for the other TVs that don't have it built in. Dish Network? We have Dish Network. Dish Network is part of this? Hmm. And just, it's, it's amazing. And I can't find that. There's the timeline. So Google suggests that people start optimizing their websites today, as in now, for TVs. Sometime early next year, they will release uh, the the set-top boxes. They will release the uh, some of the API so that people can write applications for it. And then in summer of next year, they're going to open source the project. I'm just thinking of now how you're going to have to, how some people have their um, websites set up for widescreen. Mm-hmm. And I put that in quotes because all they are is just bars of color on either side. Yeah. And now... On top of that, so you've got the regular 4x3, and then you've got it set up for a 16x10 screen, and now you're going to have to set it up for also a 16x9 screen. Yep. Oh, but no one's going to care. The real trick to optimizing it for the screen is that you're just going to have to make the text much bigger. Which means it's going to look huge on the monitor. Yeah. Right, well, but... My monitor for my laptop is 11 inches. I keep it about a foot to maybe two and a half, three feet away from my head. A television screen is four feet across on the diagonal and is about, you know, eight or ten feet away. I'm just trying to think of what the apparent size is. Because if it's eight to ten feet away and it's... Uh, I can't do the math right now. Hmm. But so Google is now trying out something else to do. Now if you can only just get it... Into- yeah. You know what that would mean? This is, if this is successful, it it's going to be big. You could use... Most likely there's going to be an app which is going to turn your Google phone into a remote control. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. I mean, that's one of the first things that will come out. In fact, they were showing uh, in the demo, if you use your phone and you found like a really cool YouTube video, you could push it to the TV. And the TV would play it. Well, that would be nice. This, this is honestly I mean, like my paper that I wrote about a couple that, the, the 30 years in the future paper. 
Yeah. Uh, look at it um, as from the from the perspective of a family, right? Yeah. I have a family. I have kids. All of my kids have an Android device or some phone with Google Latitude. I want to know where they are. I turn on my television. I ask the TV, where are my kids? Why are they not ask. here? I just load up Google Maps because they're all on Latitude. It, it, so what's that, what was that Verizon phone that flopped where it had the integration of the cell phone and everything? The Verizon phone that yeah, flopped? Yeah, th- there was a Verizon, like, house phone that worked on a cellular network, and so it had, like, a data plan, and it had a nice big, like, seven-inch screen on it. No idea. I'd have to go hunt that down again. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well. So, Hawaii. Hawaii? Hawaii. Hawaii. What about Hawaii. Um, seems that Hawaii is a big drifting sort of place. Well, it, it is an island, yes. And it's full of mountain roads, which is where drifting started, I guess, in Japan on the high mountain roads. Oh, that kind of drifting. Yeah. Like Tokyo Drift. Yes. Okay. So Hawaii, instead of trying to um, put speeding cameras, speed bumps, or otherwise ruin the road for more law-abiding citizens... Yeah. They're basically going to add sandpaper to the road in the sharp corners. Really? So you can't drift. <laughs> You'll tear up your tire? Well, that that's the one. Oh, oh I don't, won't even do that. It just won't let you drift because yeah. the friction's going to be so great. Yeah. So they're, to come Wait, back. That seems like it would encourage people to take reckless action on the corners. It's, you wouldn't be able to drift on the corners the way it is. You won't drift, but that's because you won't have to. <laughs> Your car will stay tight. Yeah. But when I they're... could take like the tightest corner in the world and I don't need to worry about my car losing control. Yes, but that's not the point of drifting. The drifting is to be out of control yet in control. Ah. This one, you won't be able to kick the back end out enough to drift because it will just stay there. You'll go around the current and you'll you either you either do the uh, emergency brake drift or you pop the uh, the clutch drift. It's odd how I know these things, yet I don't yeah, do you, it. Yeah, you know way too much about it. <laughs> what did I say? I was I, the impression that drifting was just you ended up turning really fast, and it was faster than what the, the car's friction with the road could handle, and so the car, the back of the car just slides out. Yes, but there's different ways of doing it. But yeah, so it won't let the car slide out. And it's also a bonus here is that the surface works even better when they're wet. <laughs> So this will actually be a safer road for everybody else. That's awesome. That's how Hawaii is combating drifting. It's just by putting these basically anti-skid pads everywhere. I approve wholeheartedly. <laughs> uh, Man, we should just do that for the winter here. The, the one downside, though, is why they're not putting it everywhere is it's more expensive because they have to add and aggregate to uh, the mix. And it also... Um, Increases tire wear. Yeah, I could imagine that. Anything that increases friction is going to increase the wear. Yeah, so they just put it in select areas like sharp corners. Where people drift. Yeah. That's awesome. So I thought that was kind of neat. It's it's not a high-tech approach. It's a very low-tech approach, but it works quite well. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, that's cool. How do we combat drifting? Well, why don't we make the roads so you can't drift on them? Yeah. Okay. That works. So, Dave, Eve. Eve? Yes. Online? Yes. What about Eve online? Um, 
Did you know about the Council of Stellar Management? Is this the the player-led government thing? Yes, where every six months... People basically run vote. a campaign and vote to have, uh, is it nine? Yeah, nine players to be on the Council of Stellar Management. Which is basically a group that the, the developers talk to and that kind of run the in-game government, as it were. Not only that, the company flies them to their headquarters in Iceland to sit down with them and talk to them face-to-face. Right. So your people are, you get a trip to it's Iceland out of it. engaging the community. Yeah. But the um, kick about this is they are now basically on par with the other departments of CCP. As far as pay or? No, as basically in the development. Oh, that they're responsible for as much as or listened to as much as the other ones. Yeah. Huh. (laughs) So not only does this company have an in-game economist, but they now basically have... A section devoted. They have people elected by other players to come in and help design the game. Yes. Damn, that's cool. <laughs> oh, that I just never thought that is. It's crazy. Yeah. Because it, it's just like it'd be like WoW players actually like. Oh, God, that would be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> well, it depends on who you voted for. That's why you would, you would vote, vote for oh, me, I'm no. a PvPer, or vote for me, I... Because all the hardcore people would vote for the hardcore guys. You're right. And they're the only ones who would log in to vote. Because the casuals wouldn't care. But... You need a, a certain population base to do yeah. this. I don't think WoW would work. I mean, you'd almost have to do it on a realm-by-realm basis in WoW. Well, what's Eve... What's its Eve's uh, current... Subscriber base? Yeah. I don't know, but they're all on the same realm. Uh, let's see. They were 300,000 plus a little while ago. Oh, yeah, May yeah. 6, 2009, they were at 300,000. I forgot. Where do I look for the... Uh, well, there the... used to be a site like MMOGchart.com, but that's a WordPress blog now and looks awful. That's no way it's the same website. Eve online population. Let's try that. Goddamn Firefox. <laughs> What'd you do? No, it's there's something weird with my Firefox. It keeps sending and receiving malformed requests. Huh. Like it'll chop off the first five things of the the request, which you know screws it all up. I guess there's a download section that's got the current charts. Hang on. Oh, it's an XM yeah, it's an XML file. Ugh. Uh, in 2000, late 2007, that was up to 190,000. Let's see, Eve subscription number is 2010. Mm, no, that's 2009. They don't say what 2010 it is. I think it's more than 50,000. Well, 500,000. You mean? Yeah, that too. Okay. Half a million. Uh, yeah, they have 56,000 players on at one time. But the point is they're all on the same server. Yeah. As opposed to Warcraft, which has dozens of servers. They up to 46 now in the U.S.? Alone. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, so what's going to happen when, when... Oh, wow. I'm looking at the weather map again. <laughs> 
that storm cell reaches across Michigan. Stop looking at the weather and look at the topics. Scrolling through the tabs and the weather one came up. That's why the Hamel one came up too, but I won't go into that. Right. Anyway, so the the, so the moral of the story is that this group of players who are voted for and then flown to the capital now have as much influence on the development projects as marketing, accounting, publicity, and all the other teams outside of the development team. (laughs) Which could be a fancy way of saying they have no input whatsoever. But. I mean, when when you boil it down to it, the developers really have the final say. Yeah, but they are able. They are able to. They are given equal consideration with other of our department in requesting development time for a project. I see. That's pretty cool. So it would be really nice if they released a list of these were the player suggested topics. This is what this group has done in the past. Yeah, that would be nice. Get a hold of that. Or if we just hunt down an Eve player who was on the CSM. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, we'd have to find out who was... Well, we found a name. There's no award. We found one person. We can hunt them down and go from there. (laughs) I suppose. But uh, let's see what's next. Cows. Moo. Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Moo. Moo. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who? <laughs> what about cows, Andy? Sorry. The, um, HP actually presented a paper to the American Society of Mechanical Engineers about how to run a server farm on cows. On cows or on cow farts or what? Uh, cow, cow manure, I do believe. Okay. Biomass. Yeah, it can be used by farms to generate power through a process called anaerobic digestion that produces a methane-rich biogas. Okay, so cow farts. Yes. Well, and manure. Cow poo. Cow pies. Yes. It seems that 10,000 cows can power 1,000 servers. 10,000 cows would also make a lot of hamburger. Yeah. most. I think I just offended any sort of, uh, well, I don't think we have many listeners in India. No, I don't think we have any. Hey, speaking of which, did you ever select the winners? Not yet. I need to get on that. I, hey, like I've worked 40 hours. I've got the eight hours of classes and then eight hours of sleeping a night. And I'm a busy person right now. Clearly. What are, how many hours are you at work, Dave? Uh, contact hours or hours? Hours. A lot. <laughs> I have five hours a week in the lab. I have six hours a week in class. But then for you know every hour in class, I've got like four or five out of class that I don't actually get paid for. Uh-huh. Well, that's why I make like $50 an hour in yeah. class. Makes sense. It's also why I had a maximum of eight contact hours. Right. So the anyway, the average size dairy farm, which they looked at how much manure is produced by a dairy cow, the average dairy farm would be a thousand cows, and farms with five thousand cows are quite unusual. You're talking like the Conagra sort of Right, super farms. Yeah. Okay. So ten thousand cows to power a thousand servers. How many servers? So a thousand cows powers a hundred servers. And let's see uh, what's that break down to again. Ten cows per server, Andy. It's not that hard. Oh, you're right, because you just cross off the three zeros each side. Right. Ten cows per server. Hmm. That. 
doesn't seem that effective. But then, you know, you've got all these cows anyway, so you might yeah. as well eat some. They're, they're making milk and power. Yep. And not only that, but it could also power the dairy farm itself. Empower the dairy farm and be all sorts of niceness. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, she also noted that or the person who, uh, one of the, I guess, a uh, environmental consultant said that the estimated power from 10,000 cows seems about right, but it wouldn't be practical. But she said you can get the organic matter from things like landfills and food manufacturers. Oh, cool. So it might not be from cows, but it might be from a landfill. You know, as long as my power doesn't smell funny. <laughs> There's an odd odor wafting off of, off of the... Uh, from the outlet? Yeah. Like, wait a minute, what's that? Something smells fishy. Ew. Come on, that was just perfect. Something smells fishy? It yes, smells like- Andy, I, I understood. You know what doesn't need power? Uh, no, what doesn't need power? The Usenet server at Duke University. Usenet? Yeah. People still use that? Um, not anymore, it seems. Oh. <laughs> it seems Oops. things, they're getting shut down left and right because they're a seedy underbelly sort of place. Yeah, it's one of the dirtiest parts of the internet. I know. It's also one of the oldest parts. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, 1979, Usenet was started at Duke University. And now it's getting shut down. Oh, darn. Yep. What a terrible, terrible loss. <laughs> I, I am so wrought with emotion that I, I, I just can't take it, Andy. I've, I've never used Usenet. It's one of the most user-unfriendly things in the world. I know. Was it Usenet that came up with the term, the endless September? or? I have no idea. I've never heard that term. Uh, yeah, Endless September. Oh, sorry, Internal, Eternal September is a Usenet slang expression that came in 1993. Okay, what does it stand for? Well, it's the fact that America Online began offering Usenet access to everybody. Ah. So they didn't learn the netiquette that normal freshmen would learn how to use. Mm -hmm. So now it's going to be no longer there. Again, oh darn. Yeah. But it's it's a history sort of thing that's getting shut down in the back, just like IPv4 is going to be shut down at some point. Yeah, nowhere in the near future. Hey, it's supposed to be coming at some point. When are we going to run out of IP? Too many things. Andy, how many are there? How many IP addresses are there? Let's see, 190. Oh, Andy, there's two. I'll give you a hint. Is it you two? 0 to 256 four times. Yeah. How many IP addresses are there? How many IP addresses are there? Uh, 4.3 billion. Googling that? Yes. Andy! <laughs> hey, it's faster than typing in the math. 256 to the fourth. 4.3 billion-ish. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Add to that that a significant number of those are reserved. Yes. Right? All the computers in your household are under one IP address. Let's see. First octet is 16 million... Oh, the private network. I love how there's an article in Wikipedia about IPv4 address exhaustion. <laughs> we we still got a couple of years left. Let's see, uh, you know what's going the problem is gonna be is it's gonna be a mess though. The transition it's gonna be worse than the digital TV transition. I could see that. 
I could see what would happen if you transferred over from IPv4 to IPv6 at the same time everybody went over to HTML5. Um, I don't know. Would there be a difference? I I don't know. I mean, just because it supports HTML5 doesn't mean it won't support HTML4 or anything else. Many of the browsers that are released now do support HTML5. Hmm. Well, then I don't know. I thought it would just be funny to have both of them go at once and then just have complete chaos. But it, it would, I mean, it would be no more chaotic. HTML5 just isn't that different. Oh, well, then never mind. It's cool, but it, it's just not that different. Facebook. Facebook. Yes. Man, are they, like, in such trouble. <laughs> Everybody's like, ooh, Facebook, ah, Facebook. Uh, I just haven't done anything with Facebook. You can't connect, they, Facebook can't connect everything to everything if you don't tell them anything. Wow, this is really kind of cool. What? I went and found, uh, I went to uh, Wikipedia and searched HTML5 real fast. Okay. And at the end, it, it sent me to an HTML5 demo, apirocks.html, uh, apirocks.com slash HTML5 slash HTML5.html. That's a lot of HTML in that uh, URL. Only two, three of them. <laughs> Only three. Only three HTML. But um, So the guys who run Farmville mm-hmm. basically supposedly were having a backdoor fight between them and Facebook. But now there's a five-year agreement between the two companies. Hmm. It's also trying out a new Facebook credits. Facebook credits? Yes. It will allow users to purchase just one type of currency to use in all Facebook games rather than buying Ooh. directly from individual developers. Oh, man. Uh, Zanga can't be happy about that. They agreed to it, so... Well, they don't have a choice, Andy. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't agree to it. Facebook came and said, this is how it's running or we're taking your app off. Hmm. But, so, uh, Facebook is going to take 30% of the revenues gathered from the credits and the developer will get 70%. Yeah. This was a money grab by Facebook. Well, supposedly it's going to be heavily invested into the uh, Facebook game ecosystem. Uh-huh. Yeah. So is it time to go and program a Facebook clone? <laughs> There's got to be hundreds of them. I mean, we're not the only people who've had this idea. The The only problem is, is that everybody's on Facebook. Yeah. So uh, it, it's just I like... The- what it would take to write something, though, that, that could just go and scrape your information off Facebook and automatically update it. Yes, but everybody's on Facebook. Yeah. So, but you- I'm not sure I trust Facebook anymore. Okay. Like, then- I'm, I'm seriously thinking about leaving Facebook. Then who would you talk to in this new Facebook clone of yours? I wouldn't talk to anyone. <laughs> That's what Facebook is. You're supposed to connect with other people. I used Facebook for what it was originally intended with, which is to keep track of your friends. Okay, then if all your friends are on Facebook and you're not, you'd have to convince all your friends to jump ship, too. But yes, that's the point. I'd have to convince them all to do that. But you're not going <laughs> to. And if I made it an easy transition, which is to say, if I gave them a way to say, go ahead and enter your Facebook details, yeah. like your Facebook credentials right now, your login and your password, I won't store it, but I will go to Facebook and retrieve your stuff, and there you go. You have it. Okay. And now you can go in and delete your Facebook account and not worry about, you know, so-and-so's farm or, or whether or not your friend Jimmy's mafia Don is going to come and beat you in the middle of the night or something. You see, I haven't gotten any of those because I turned those off. It's very simple. I, I don't have those displayed. 
Okay. For some odd reason, I'm not logged into Facebook right now. Why would you be? Because I always have Facebook to remember my uh, remember my uh, password and everything. Ah. I actually did use Facebook to connect to someone recently. Hmm. Friend from high school. Side note, today it's been 30 years since the release of Empire Strikes Back. Really? Yes. Hmm. 30 years? Yep. Today? Today. Wait a minute. Hang on. Are you double-checking that? No, because it's also the 30th anniversary of Pac-Man. Yeah. They came out on the same day? I guess so. Do 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 do. <laughs> no, no, go away. Get out of that page. Okay. Are you going to start? We might want to hit on that now, anyways. Uh, if you go to Google today, yes. which you can't because we won't have this up until probably Monday. Yes. But over the uh, weekend. Google was celebrating Pac Man's birthday. Yes. With their doodle. Yes. You could play Pac Man on Google's homepage. A very simple version of Pac Man, but still Pac Man nonetheless. Really, really, really cool, well done version. So, this one's a slightly old topic, but I thought it was something we kind of missed. But it seems that the head of Vervindi Universal Games, so the person mm-hmm. who's in charge of Activision and Blizzard... Um, I think you misspelled argument, by the way. I misspelled what? Argument. On the main page. A-R-G-U-A-R-U. I don't think there's an E between There is the no E, isn't there? Damn it. <laughs> so, anyways, the, the head of Vivendi... Said Activision, they could have gone with a digital-only distribution of the Burning Crusade back in 2007, mm-hmm. but they chose not to mm-hmm. because they loved the retail midnight launches and other sort of. Oh yeah, but you know, there's an alternative to that which he doesn't really address. What you can do a digital distribution and still have the local stores throw a launch party. Okay, kind of like. The way Orange Box was, right? Maybe. Uh-huh. Orange Box, you were able to download it through Steam. Right. And have it launch that night, or you are able to go to the stores and get it at midnight. Right. Well, but I'm saying that, like, if Blizzard went with Cataclysm as a purely digital distribution... Yes. ...they could still probably rope GameStop into throwing launch parties. At select stores, where people would go, you'd celebrate, it would hit midnight, and you'd run home to patch. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like the orange box launch. Yes, sure. Bye. Well, you you went and you installed it, and then you had to go download an update from Steam to activate it. To unlock it. it. Yeah. The only problem is everybody was downloading orange box at the time, and it... (laughs) crash steam server a little bit if i remember correctly yeah well i I think blizzard's probably more ready to deal with that than steam is although the new steam did we talk about steam for the mac i thought we did at some point i thought we said it was coming to the mac yeah it's been released and portal was free hey nothing wrong with that no it's just a a quick you know first one's free so that when we come out with portal 2 in a couple months he'll shell out 40 bucks i hope it's gonna be a long enough game to shell out for 40 bucks yeah the first game was great. I'm not sure the first game would be worth 40 bucks. No. The first game packaged with Team Fortress 2 and Half-Life 2 Episode 1? 2? Episode 2. It was epi- No, it was all of them. It was Half-Life, Half-Life Episode 1, Half-Life Episode 2. And Half-Life 2. And Half-Life 2. Right. Uh, I think it was a huge package. I would look at Steam, but then my Steam would start to update, and then my bandwidth would drop Computer like would a crash. stone. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to look. So that was worth it. Uh, Steam has come out for the Mac. Portal was free. Yes. They've really upgraded the user interface on Steam. 
I actually kind of liked the old look, but I, I don't know what it is. I did I get- too, but I can appreciate the new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only qualm I have about it is I'd like to set the default landing page, and I haven't been able to find out how to do that yet. Yeah. When I open it, I don't want it to go to the store. I want it to go to my games list. And Andy's going to go try and look it up. <laughs> While he's doing that, uh, I will talk about Froyo. Frozen which yogurt? really should have been named Flan. Honest to God, Google, it should have been named Flan. Why? What's... Because flan is so much better than frozen yogurt. I thought flan was sort of like a waffle. No, flan is uh, uh, creme caramel or creme brulee. Oh, those are it's tasty. It's the custard with the, yeah. Granted, the last time I had something like that, I think the, the alcohol or whatever was not. There's no alcohol in flan. I had something like that where it had like a, and I had to eat it and all I could taste no, no. was booze. Well, I suppose you could make it with booze, but yeah, it wouldn't be nearly as good. Next time you come out here, Andy, I'll, I'll make you flan. Okay. Uh, but Android 2.2 is, is Froyo. Okay. Adding to the eclair, donut, and cupcake. The next one, by the way, is gingerbread. Oh, they're going in alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow, really? You didn't catch that one? <laughs> no, but once you start naming them in order, it's oh. Yeah. As soon as they said donut, I, I kind of caught on to that because the first one was cupcake. And then Eclair just you know sealed the deal and then Froyo. And next one's gingerbread. I'm kind of curious what H will be. <sighs> what kind of dessert starts with H? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Anyways. Hummus isn't a dessert. No. Hummus is not a dessert, no. Hamantaschen. That would be fantastic. Desserts uh, starting with H. Let's see what it comes up with. <laughs> Are you serious? So um, I'm looking at desserts now. Let's, I love how there's an alphabetical listing of dessert food starting with H. I can't believe you're looking that up. Honey. Honey is not a dessert. I know, but there are lots of things that could have honey in them. Honey bread. Honey nuts honey bread. Cake. Honey cinnamon date nut cake. Hazel something. Hazelnut. Hazelnut cake, hazelnut bread. So anyways, Froyo yes. is fast, much yes. faster. Yes. Between two to five times fast. Yes. Uh, it has USB tethering. Ooh. It has where the phone can act as a hotspot. Ooh. My phone can already do that because I'm using a customized version, but this will be core in the operating system. Um, side note, Dave, about your G1. Yeah. Froyo's not coming out for it. Or you, Andy, Eclair isn't coming out for this. <laughs> I'm going to be stuck on uh, version 1.6. Ooh. Unless I go with a custom mod, which I already have done. <laughs> uh, I'm just waiting for them to kind of finalize that. But Cyanogen Mod is one of the, the more popular and well-known ones. Has a 2.1 mod for the, the G1. But... My two-year contract should be about up, actually, this November. Well, by that point, you should have either the MyTouch 3G slide or the... The new sidekick. The Emerald, or whatever it's going to be called. Yeah, it's probably going to be the new sidekick. I think the rumor was sidekick twist. I could see it. Since the G1 was basically a sidekick on steroids. Yeah, and if neither of those really fits what I need, there's always the Nexus 1, which will be getting Froyo in the next couple weeks. Ah. It's just I really, really want a QWERTY keyboard. (laughs) I do too, which is why I'm looking at those two phones. Yeah, the uh, 3G slide. Yes, because I like the QWERTY keyboard on my BlackBerry. It is nice. 
but I'm not sure if I, I if I hmm. are you going to take a look at some blackberries, Dave? No, God, no. Why not? Because I I've already committed my data and my life. Well, not my lifestyle, but my phone use to Android. Why would I take a step back to BlackBerry? <laughs> I don't know. The only advantage BlackBerry ever really had over Android was Exchange support, and that's going to be in Froyo, and I already have it here anyways. Well, okay then. I get my work email on my phone. Yee! I could do that if I actually paid for a data plan. Yeah. But I don't. Oh, well. Yeah, no, I'm... I'm in fact, I, I have a client for my tech support thing who just got a BlackBerry and he was told that he's not ready for Android yet. This is his first smartphone. He's not ready so for Android yet? He's not yet? ready for Android. What what they wanted to do at the store was say, okay, have a BlackBerry and then in, in two or three years, we'll give you an Android. <laughs> oh, that sounds sort T-Mobile of like... T-Mobile touch 3G slide to go on sale June 2nd for $180. I know, man. I was hoping it was going to go for the 140 I saw the rumors for 140 Yeah. But 180 Right, anyway. So, the iPad steering wheel mount. What? Uh, yeah. I just think this is a bad idea. An iPad mounted on a steering wheel is far less distracting than trying to use a cell phone to read and send text messages while driving. Um, A, no. B, airbags. <laughs> you get front-ended, and what happens? You break your iPad on your face. Andy, this has to be a joke site. There's no way this is real. I, 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 I don't know. I, there, no, 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 no. It's an associate, prof- Dr. Chuck. Dr. He's, Chuck? He's an associate professor at University of Michigan. I, I... No, no, there's no way. Oh, God, covered by U.S. patents. Oh, God, no. The site contains a bunch of stuff, including software, television shows, and other miscellaneous material. It's, this, I think this guy is legit. No, because if you look at the patent, don't, because it, it, I think it just crashed my Firefox. Uh, it's the patent for duct tape. Hmm. Where's, the, where's the patent at? If you go to the About page, okay. it's at the bottom. A pressure-sensitive tape composed of polyethylene base film, continuous filament scrim fabric having a fiberglass fill yarn and pressure-sensitive adhesive applied to the film through the substrate. You're right. This is the duct tape. Yeah, I, I think this is a joke. Well, whoever Dr. Chuck is, he's a clinical associate professor at University of Michigan. His address is legit, so. 2010 Dr. Chuck. <laughs> oh, Dr. Chuck. I'm glad it's not legit because that would just be sad. Yeah, there's, I, I can't imagine that's legit. This is a guy from the U of M School of Information. Mm-hmm. What is legit, though, is Toyota and Tesla are teaming up. Huzzah! So Toyota can't get their electrical hybrid to work, so they're teaming up with Tesla. My latest invention, the iPad steering wheel mount, patented. Dave, get off of the fake patent. Uh, well, I'd, no, because he's not saying that it's a fake patent. That, that patent doesn't send you to duct tape. Oh. I just can't imagine this thing's real. Well, go find Dr. Chuck in the About page, and we'll go to his page, and then you can find out his phone number for his office at U of M, and you could call and him call. up. Or you could just go to his building. Uh, yeah, I think Library Science is in West Engineering. Yeah, 417 West Hall. Huh. I walked past that last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, there Excuse you- me. 
Dr. Chuck, are you fucking insane? <laughs> you get in an accident, your iPad goes in your face, most likely because you're staring at your iPad while driving. Mm. No, driving is supposed to be for driving. Driving and texting does not work. Even on uh, it was the Today Show, I think, they had a, a texting simulator, and one of the uh, hosts was in the simulator, and she actually swore on live TV when she was going to rear-end the the fake car in front of her. Nice. So, yeah. The, anyway, Toyota and Tesla. Toyota's buying a $50 million stake, or about 2.5% cool. of Tesla. And Tesla, out of the thing, is being able to take over a Toyota plant to build the all-electric Model S. Huzzah! I don't have much um, enthusiasm for this, because I'm probably never going to get a Tesla anyways, so don't really care. But what happens if this leads to a completely electric Toyota? That would be cool. Again, I'm not holding my breath. No, not really. But It would be cool, though. Yeah. All right. Random topic. Okay. What do we got? Well, I rolled ahead of time from my offline list. Yeah. Just saying, Dave. I, hey, well, now that I've got Ruby mine, so there's a new ad on our page. It's not really an ad. It's just a link to JetBrains Ruby mine. Uh, they, they were kind enough to provide us with a, a license. Okay. So that we can, you know, write the code for the site. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Long story short, I have an environment that's designed from the ground up for coding Ruby on Rails, which is what the site's designed with. Okay. So hopefully I'll be able to finish up getting the comments and the random topic thing set up. Okay. Andy doesn't care. Well, I was just going to say you could just create it as an episode. It's all Greek to him. Well, once you, we would, it all depends on first you need to get the comments in there, and then just the random topic could just be an episode link that's off of the order of all the rest of the episode links, kind of like the way we do with the uh, episodes in transition. Mm-hmm. And then just ha- put a link at the top of the page. Remove the tag cloud, because that's not being used anymore, and just put random topic, and then... There, there's one small problem with that. Okay. Uh, the episodes in transition yeah. aren't out of sync. It's only the links that are out of sync. Okay. So can't we make like an episode zero? Mm, maybe. I don't think I have. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> Did I just confuse you, Dave? Chips. Chips. Crisps. Oh, potato chips. How my mouth just drips potato chips. Crisps. Oh, what's the, what's the rest of that song? There's a song? Yeah. I have an open bag of ruffles. I found out they're really good if you dip them in Dinty Moore stew with a little wine. It's a, it was a jazz song. Okay, then I really don't know it. Well, I only know it because uh, my boss at the NPR station used to, um, on uh, Thanksgiving, she would give everybody the, basically the day off, and she would just be playing songs all about food. All, all the songs that she has about food that are jazz songs, and so she would just... That's what she would do, and one of the songs that I tuned into was the potato chips song. Nice. Potato chips. Are Pringles potato chips? Yes. Are they? I think so. Here we go. Potato chips, how my mouth just drips. It's by, I guess, little Slim Galliard has done it at one point. Yep. Oh, this is the song. Nice. If there was a legal version, I would play it on as our closing theme, but I can't think of But yeah, potato- they're made of potatoes, and they're chips, right? Okay, well, I, uh, in a sense, yes, they are, but they're, they're 
kind of pseudo potato chips because they aren't just slices of potato. They're basically mashed potatoes that have been hardened into a chip form. They were originally known as Pringles' newfangled potato chips, but other snack manufacturers objected, saying that Pringles failed to meet the definition of potato chip. Thank you. <laughs> the FDA weighed in on the matter, and in 1975, they ruled that Pringles could only use the word chip in their product within the following phrase, potato <laughs> chips made from dried potatoes. As I said, do they really qualify as potato chips? Well, the FDA says no. No. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so they're called potato crisps, but this later this later led to other issues in the United Kingdom where the potato crisp refers to potato chips. Chips. <laughs> Pringles have less than 50% potato content? What? What else is in them? I I don't know. I mean, uh Pringles are not well, it's an article by the BBC. Maybe they'll say exactly what's in Pringles. Non-potato flowers, maybe? Uh, possibly. Okay. Uh, they made from potato flour, corn flour, wheat starch, and rice flour. Oh, I guess I shouldn't be eating Pringles. No. <laughs> uh, together it's with too bad. They're freaking delicious. I know. And their cans are so damn useful. I do have to say, though, my favorite potato chips, though, are the, the salt and vinegar Jimmy chips. <laughs> oh, man, those chips are just... Yep. Oh. There was a, a specialty chip that, before they got ridiculously expensive, were delicious. It was the Yukon Gold chips. I could see those. Those were, oh, God, so good. I mean, you get a potato chip that was the size of your head, but just so tasty. Let's see. So Okay, so I eat the salt and vinegar potato chips. I love mm-hmm. the, the dill-flavored potato chips. What about just, you know, chips? Like chip-flavored chip. It seems kind of plain. Maybe putting some ketchup on it? You know, it's kind of funny because Kate eats potato chips with ketchup, and I find that so weird. How do you find that weird? I do it all the time. I actually do ketchup and mustard on mine sometimes. Nope. It's a French fry. Well, yeah, I see that, but it's just, it's a potato chip. It, it's- yes, it's a French fry. <laughs> Although I suppose by the same extension, you could put ketchup on mashed potatoes. I will try that next time we make mashed potatoes, and I will let you know. Okay, you do that. Because <laughs> you don't want to? Well, I'm probably not going to have mashed potatoes for a while. Although, I, I would be curious about two different methods of doing that. Uh, one is to, of course, put it on top of the mashed potatoes and eat it. The other would be to mash it into the potatoes. Hmm. So you'll have to try both and then let me know. Sour cream and onion chips are delicious, too. Yes, as long as it's not actual sour cream. <laughs> oh, and the uh, the ones with the... Is it sour cream and cheddar? Uh, just the cheddar. But I swear it's like cheddar and something else. Those... Oh, man, we used to those go... Those are good, too. Yeah. Those, the ruffle version of that, our family used to just destroy those. I could imagine that. Oh, potato chip. Damn it, now I'm hungry. <laughs> I just had Chipotle. <laughs> I... I still have to get our chicken ready for tonight. Well, go cook your chicken. Okay. All right. Thanks, everyone. Hope you all have a good week. Potato chips. How my mouth just drips potato chips. Okay. No more potato...